Panago Pizza presents S S D P P the Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Let's go, guys! I have an announcement to make. Yeah. Friend of the show, Andrew Berkshire, has welcomed a new addition this morning. Young Miles Berkshire, seven pounds, four ounces, happened in the early morning. So congratulations to Andrew, his wife, their other son. It is a big, big morning for them. Seven, four? Seven pounds, four ounces, yeah. Alexia Mellon. What do you mean? (laughs) No, Alexia, that was his number. Didn't like him. No, I... You're off to a bad start there, Miles. I think Everly was 6'4", 6 pounds, 4 ounces. So who wore 64? No one wears 64 unless you're in football. Uh, no one wears 64. It was someone weird, like Martin Straka. Did he, or was he 68? Look Probably at the all-time like leading scorer out of number 64s. It's not oh. going to be good. No, it's, it's not probably be good. Guys that played like a, five games. Yeah, or guys who were forced to wear it as a rookie and they didn't have to anymore. Which is, by the way, a tradition that I think is newer than we think. Because in it? every, I, I mean, okay. So name for me a star prospect on any other team other than like recently where they haven't gotten the number they wanted right away. Like, like Nylander not getting his number was silly. Marner made sense. He wanted to be 93, but they'd retired Doug Gilmore's number that year. So that's, you can't. Which, what are you going to do? Yeah. yeah, but Doug Gilmore gave it to him, said, yes, absolutely, please wear it. Uh, before he was retired. Um, this whole thing about, no, we'll choose the number for you. Just let them have the number. Like, is that, is it really, is that what we've come to, to, to assert our dominance over other human beings is we're going to, we're take that number and be like, no, no, it's our number. You I get think to Berkshire that. and his lovely wife chose to have a seven pound, four ounce baby uh, after Alexia Mellon. And is I'm it John disgusting. Carlson 74 as well? Yes, he is. See, and that's he, not so bad. He scored a gold medal winner against Canada. Also disgusting. <laughs> uh, no terrible Leaf has, has ever worn 64 or 74. Wow. So there you go. Damn. Really? So, yeah. okay. Jesse, based on your rules, because here's the thing. Jesse, you, you had a jersey rule, okay? So the jersey okay. rule for Jesse was you can't put your own name on the back of the jersey, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're an adult and you have your own name on the back of a sports team jersey and you didn't play for them, that's you're canceled. See, that's, that's really weird. Why do you think that? <laughs> I think it's, it's ridiculous. You didn't play for the team. No. You don't, that you're, the jersey is the jersey from the team. Yeah. Why are you putting your own, your own name on the back? I don't know, I don't man. I, I won the, the World Series here. with the Jays in 93. No, but that's, that's their hat that you're wearing, right? Yeah. It doesn't say Adam Wilde World Series champion. You didn't win a World Series. <laughs> Why would you get a jersey that says Steve Dangle Glynn? The front, the center, first line, Stanley Cup champion. That didn't happen. Can you wear a Jason Blake jersey? Yeah, because it's Jason Blake's jersey. Yeah, not my jersey. I didn't yeah. play for the Leafs. But okay, what if you had a Blake jersey that was a number other than fifty-five, which is Jason Blake's number? That's ridiculous. That would be stupid. That's not that. Then it's be an idiot. I didn't play for them, and I'm not a child playing make believe. Really? That's so weird. Oh, I man. hope. I hope everybody understands that you need to go back and watch. If you're if you're listening to this, please go and watch the opening segment online, even if it's just the opening segment, because Steve is reacting really well with this. He's yeah. Scratching his he's scratching his eyebrow though with a particular finger, and I'm not really sure have, what uh, that could possibly mean. Maybe two fingers. No, it's always eyebrow. funny when you're right and you have an eloquent argument, like giving someone the finger. <laughs> <laughs> really? You know Jesse! what? Jesse. As- ah! 
as I get older, the more I'm like, you know what? Giving the finger's fine. Like giving yeah, the finger fine. is a is a it's perfectly fine. You're an adult, you have too much shit to do. Do you so- have a response to putting your name on the back of a jersey? I'm gonna keep doing it. Why? Cause I am. I have thought about changing the number. I will say that on account of 10 is retired. Uh-huh. I feel like maybe I shouldn't be wearing 10 anymore. It's disrespectful to the chief, George Armstrong. Mm. I don't know. Well, you wore it because of Steen, right? You were a big Alex Steen Which guy. is worse. <laughs> yeah. I wore it for a guy who got traded six months later. Interesting. Yeah. And wow. if you were actually on the team, you wouldn't be able to wear it at all. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I am on the team. Let me just throw this out. I, I cheer really hard. <laughs> Yo, All right. Let's let's be honest. The Chief and anybody that doesn't know much about George Armstrong, the Chief was a fucking boss. Okay. Like, oh. This guy was of I think of all the captains on the Maple Leafs, he might be him and I think Keon are the ones that are probably respected the most. Not that they all weren't respected, but but like other captains are like, yeah, no, George is the captain. You know he, what I'm saying? Um, he was he was a leaf. I want to say he was the first NHL player to play in parts of four decades. Wow. Because he, he began in 49, and I think he ended in 70. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. What crazy. And, and the thing is, the, like, of the captains, I think they are the ones, like, of all the captains, that if you were to assemble them all in a room, I think there's a poster of all yes. the captains, and it includes Dion Phaneuf in it, and then there's, like, an empty stall next to Dion. Uh, or at least there was one released a few years ago. Um, uh, I think if you were to get all those guys in their prime in the same room, they'd all point to George as like, yeah, that's our guy. And so maybe, Steve, maybe it's time to change the number, man. Maybe they could get me in there. (laughs) Maybe they could. Jesse, do you think it's time for Steve to change his his dangle number? Sure. (laughs) Sure. It doesn't doesn't matter. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you have an eloquent (laughs) argument? Can you put it more eloquently than sure? You can put like a a pound sign on the back. It doesn't really, doesn't matter. You don't play for the team. You can wear any, you can wear 99. Oh, (laughs) wow. So Jesse, Jesse so adamantly refuses to get his own name on the back of a jersey that we all had to get Blue Jays jerseys last year for Virgin Radio. Because we were doing a big Blue Jays promotion and he refused to get Blake on it. He put producer on the back. Yeah, because it's so ridiculous to have a jersey with my name on it. Yeah, I don't care. Code. I don't care, man. I don't <laughs> oh, care. Oh, because you're, you're so I paid for it. I don't care. <laughs> so much better. I'm looking for um, this really captain's photo. I can't find one I can zoom in on. But you can get it on uh, the Real Sports Apparel website, signed by all one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine Leafs captains for the low, low price of $1,500. Whoa. It's sorry, what? Fifteen hundred dollars. It's Is signed that for all by the jerseys. Yeah, the one with, or maybe we're not thinking of the same photo. I'll send it to Jesse, but it's, I believe, it's Teeter Kennedy, George Armstrong, Dave Keon, Daryl Sittler, uh, Rick Vive. I think that's Rob Ramage beside him, but I can't read it. Uh, Wendell Clark, Doug Gilmore, and Matt Sundin. Where's Randy Carlisle? Captain, if it's a Leafs captain and I don't recognize them, it's Rob Ramage. Yeah. Um, Where's but, Randy Carlisle? Was he ever captain? I think was he was he... captain. Yeah. No. Sure. He was a Norris Trophy winner. I know that. He was a Norris Trophy winner. List of Leafs captains. Here's the thing. Are we doing this? I think we're doing this. How do we not know this? Because the Le- Well, because the 80s are stupid, and if you're a Leaf fan, you just block out the 80s. 
Yeah, Rob Ramage was captain for two years, and they were okay. And then it was Rick Vive. Two good years. It was Rick Vive before him, so it was Rick okay, Vive so, from '81 to '86. Oh, okay. So no Randy Carlisle. No, and then there was no captain from '87 to '89, and then it was Ramage for two years. Then Clark. Mm-hmm. Wendell Clark was only captain for three years. Yeah, yeah. And then he got traded. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. Isn't it? Yeah. No. No Carlisle. Okay. Interesting. Um, so, uh, surprise to nobody, but it's officially confirmed today that the NHL draft will not take place in Montreal. It will be done digitally. Now, here's the, here's the interesting thing that the NHL has to do. And this is a tough, tough, tough thing that the NHL has to do every single year. Um, it's a good thing that the playoffs don't directly follow the NFL season. Because following anything NFL, you can say what you want about the league and you're probably right. Uh, but nobody does entertainment like the NFL. And they did, I don't know how much of that draft that you caught, but even those screen grabs of uh, Jerry Jones sitting on his yacht, Jerry oh. Jones, owner of the Dallas Cowboys, sitting on his yacht and having his personal assistant hold the phone to his mouth so that he could make the draft pick. Those are, so, those are things that go down in history. And the crazy thing about that draft that they did, which was all digital, was that there was not one freaking technical glitch. It's amazing. It's amazing they were able to do that. Like, I don't know if you guys, if you're, if you're listening from the States right now, you probably don't know this, but our House of Commons, uh, which would be, which is like our, our parliament, our, you know, uh, basically we have, uh, we had everybody in a question period on Zoom the other day. So there's like 300 MPs talking on Zoom and they couldn't Jesus. even pull that off. They couldn't pull that off without technical glitches, right? So no. governments can't even pull that off. So it's pretty amazing to me at least that the NFL was able to do that. Now, the NHL is going to try to do the same thing. If you're the NHL, you're calling the NFL for some tips, right? You have to. You have to. I mean, they, they've they already done it, so they'd be dumb. Even if it went off, if it had a ton of glitches, mm-hmm. NHL should be calling them up going, hey, you've already been through this. What went wrong? Um, if anything, this kind of makes it a little bit more difficult for the NHL because I doubt they're dealing with the same budget. That the NFL oh, is so not even close. Now, if a problem happens, who do they turn to? Nothing went wrong <laughs> for the yeah. NFL. So yeah. I, I don't know, but uh, you know, maybe maybe with a little bit of guidance from the NFL, they can. You know what I would do? Out. I would I would hire the team, whatever the broadcast team was that pulled that off, because that's got to be worth your money. Well, it's Disney. Well, it is Disney. That's true. <laughs> so you're but you're hiring Disney. Disney. But Disney, <laughs> Disney, while costing money, imagine. Okay, so here's the thing: the NHL, as we've talked about before, has an, an unbelievable opportunity here to see some market share. There's nothing happening, so if they can find some way to seize the opportunity to come out here swinging and actually get a uh, uh, get a great broadcast product, because you know there's going to be people tuning into the NHL draft that are casual fans that normally probably wouldn't have, but there's no other sports on television. We might get La Liga sometime at the end of May. Like, that's what the earliest we're talking about here. So the NHL's got a great opportunity with the draft here to come in and, and spend some money and probably do pretty darn well. I would think, that's just me personally, I would think that there would be advertising dollars to support that, especially if the story got out that they hired the same crew as the NFL, right? Because then it's, then it's plug and play. It's like, what did you guys do there? Cool, we'll do that. Great. Done. You're the experts in that cruise found their little niche. But, you know, that's Disney. Jesse, what, what would happen if, if Pixar did it? 
like what what sort what of people would what sort of people would Pixar have involved involved uh, for all, all the draft picks? Moms with thick butts. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that meme. It's so true. I love Why does it. Every mom have thick butt, and and all the dads have pencil legs. Yeah, it's, uh, I can it's, relate to none of the dads. Okay, I have a yeah. gigantic ass. I can only relate to the moms. It's Don Draper standing in front of his little pitch billboard, going, "We find a mom with a dump truck ass." <laughs> And I start thinking about all the Pixar movies. I'm like, every single one. Huge bums. Every the, single one. And all the guys are all chest heavy, no legs. Mm-hmm. And, and have a nose the size of most people's chests. Yes. Like yeah, chests. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just mine. They're, they're, so, I, every Pixar character is just me. So the MLB draft is going to take place on June 10th. Mm-hmm. And I think it might be a little better of an example of how the NHL draft is going to go, just because it's more condensed. It's not as popular in the NFL. And I assume this is going to be virtual, just like the NFL one, but I assume it'll be on a lower scale, which is more what the NHL will want. It's very interesting, though, because I, I read today, and I mean, I've read a thousand completely different contradictory things, but they're looking at the NHL draft early for June 5th, which would be before the MLB draft. So they're looking at doing it anyway. You think the MLB would ever take tips from the NHL? No. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Although, uh, yeah, oh, I don't know. I mean, they are partnered, are they not, digitally? Do they not have some sort of – isn't there some sharing agreement in place from a few uh, years ago? Do they use – is it them that use the same um, Platform? web interface? What was that, New Lion? No, no, it's not New Lion. SAP? No. I don't remember. I do know that, like – I do know that their networks are somewhat joined. Like I think, doesn't uh, former Sportsnet alum uh, Jackie Redman work for both MLB and NHL television? Uh, NHL network, yep. Yeah, yeah. so um, I think there's definitely some connections there. I think there's like a, an agreement there to make them both more profitable. I do from, feel bad. From, you know, you're our good friend, Mike Francesa. If you're, you're. Yeah, <laughs> so, so his, his former co-host, Mad Dog, because it was Mike and Mad Dog, Mad Dog's got a show on the MLB network. And <laughs> Mad Dog has a show that's three hours long and it's only about baseball. And Mad Dog has that show whether there's baseball or not oh every damn day. Oh my God. Can you imagine what it's no. like to do 18 hours of content a week on baseball in late December? Like, pre- <sighs> like the GM meetings aren't even until January. Like, whoa. It's t- and what do you talk about? By the way, uh, the classic LFRs, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, the the next, I think I'll do one for Game Seven of the Leafs Red Wing series from '93, just because it's a historical game. I'm not doing any of the old ones after that. Um, my LFRs get like forty, fifty thousand views a season, <laughs> or sorry, uh, um, per video during the season. Uh, the the last one I did got five. Wow! No one cares. No, no one cares. cares. So I'll have to do something else. I have a few other ideas. I thought those would be fun. And mm-hmm. no, said the majority of people. Okay. So don't worry. I won't bug you the with them anymore. Listen no one likes it, bro. Jesse, you look like you want to say something. Uh, there are a couple of things. One, it was MLB Advanced Media is the uh, digital product that uh, NHL partnered with back in 2015 to create some of their digital platforms. So they do have a connection there because that was like the the in-house advanced media thing that MLB started up and then NHL part with them to bring some of that same technology to the NHL 
So there's that connection. And what's the uh, philosophy behind doing the draft before they get the season started or restarted? I, I think I actually kind of like it. So they don't really know when they're going to be able to resume games. And I think uh, if they are able to resume games, you know, maybe it's with a little bit of a regular season, maybe it's with a little bit of a training camp, maybe it's both, and then it's the playoffs. Who knows what the turnaround is going to be for the next season, right? So you're going to want well, to have – they're saying December. Draft. That's that's what they're yeah. – like Pierre Lebrun reported this week, not to interrupt you, dude, but – No, uh, it's okay. But who uh, knows? They are saying December. And let me pull that article up, actually, because I think that's kind of relevant to what we're talking about. What I can tell you on that regard, too, is that the players have told the NHL in no uncertain terms that they are playing – a piece of the regular season. I'm not sure if that means at all, but they are they are saying we we want to finish the regular season. Make no mistake, this is what we want. Now, I kind and of in like that it. case, the standings will change. Sure. Yes. Yeah. So you can't really hold a draft if your standings aren't official. Well, there's that, and then what if the CHL resumes, and all of a sudden, a month and a half or whatever it is into the season, mm-hmm. you're drafting guys and. Who know? Maybe they're showing up to camps. Maybe they're basically just, hey, we need you. Yeah, uh, you're also here, you're a key part of the team, and then yeah. you're also guaranteed to have an off season because you won't go from whatever extended playoffs to the twenty 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 one season, or you'll either start that season. So there will be some sort of if it's one month or two month off season. So I want to just use that window for your draft. Agreed. And it's, it's going to be questions. very interesting for trades because a lot of roster players get dealt at the draft. Yep. Um, this year, you're not going to be able to do it. So what if there's like some wink nudge, like some guys get traded, but because, you know, that it's past the trade deadline, you can't allow that. So maybe it's there's an understanding that we're going to trade you. I don't know. Let's just say Andreas Janssen after mm-hmm. the season or something like that. Um, it's, listen, we've been yelling and screaming at, at uh, all different sports, not just hockey to get creative and <laughs> they're being forced. Uh, nothing, nothing makes humans, uh, adapt quicker than being forced to figure something out. So I, uh, I'm very interested to see what they come up with in an early draft to me. doesn't sound like a bad idea. So here's what Pierre, uh, Pierre McGuire, whew, sorry, Pierre Lebrun. Not quite. Here's what Pierre Lebrun had to say. Um, Pierre Lebrun played for the Kelowna Rockets (laughs) this is from yesterday uh, and I'm going to start with a couple couple sentences in as I hinted near the bottom of my column uh, last Friday uh, the idea of delaying next season start until December has been indeed discussed by the NHL with its teams as a possibility uh, sorry and with its teams as a possibility multiple sources around the league confirm here's the kicker you guys ready for this the kicker is the league still hopes to cram a full 82 game season into a December start, which would mean, as with the November start scenario, wiping out All-Star weekend, bye weeks, uh, shortening the Christmas holiday break, and basically tightening the entire schedule matrix wherever possible. The result would push the regular season into May and the playoffs into July. Again, I say all the time during the season pause, uh, none of this is written in stone. It's just discussed as a possibility. But here are two reasons why a 2020-2021 season start in December 
makes sense and is on the table. So number one, the length it will take to complete the 1920 season, if even resumed at all. Several team executives have spoken with, uh, I have spoken with over the past week, uh, have said the league has hinted at being willing to go as late as September, maybe even October, the October Classic, uh, to finish the playoffs for this season. After that, some form of offseason will be needed, even a truncated form, uh, before you could start a new season. You need, I think you need like four weeks. You got to let people breathe a little bit. Uh, that's just me conjecture, though. Uh, the second point, the second point, and, and then we'll break this down. This one's a bit longer, so bear with me. A lot of teams feel they need fans back in the arenas next season before opening the doors. That's what they're telling me. That's Pierre. It's fine to try and finish off the 1920 season without fans because 85% of the regular season has been played and that gate money has been earned. But by the time the NHL opens up shop for 2020-2021, most teams can't even think of starting without fans in the building. Some organizations have told me they would lose less money by simply staying dark. Hence, they're hoping a December start will be enough time for the world to be in a better place with the pandemic. Will we have a vaccine by then? Yeah, probably not. Will there be medical treatments that help mitigate the threat and allow for crowds to gather together by December? Will massive numbers of tests be available for everywhere? Who knows? But delaying next season as long as possible to wait out the worst of the pandemic is probably a wise idea at this point. The NHL is a gate-driven league. Now, could the league open without fans for a month or so before fans return? I'm sure that could also be discussed to see if it's, excuse me, feasible. So, I mean, I think if you're in the NHL's position, everything's on the table. Everything. But Absolutely you, everything. But wow. what you get from that, and what I get from that is, you know, ultimately this comes down to tests, guys. You know, part of the reason we're in the position we're in is we cannot test people. We can't, nobody can test enough people to lock down outbreaks. And that's the issue that we're facing. And so, the tests take a very long time to process. They do. Yeah, so if you have a uh, test and you found out in a couple minutes... And like, like if it was like a diabetes test where you find out in a few minutes, you prick your finger, boom, done. Right. You know, this would be a different scenario. They need to get to that point. Now we've done crazier things in humanity's history. This isn't all doom and gloom. We probably can figure this out. It just requires a lot of political will. So we'll see if that happens. Now I want to ask the two of you something. The NHL starts the season in December and no all-star break, no pauses, goes until next July. Is that good or bad for the game? Most teams already are playing three to four games a week. So we could be looking at game season or teams playing multiple back-to-backs in a week. What do you think? I think a lot of players are about to discover how much they like hockey. <laughs> because, man, that's really hard what they're putting themselves through. And we're forgetting, we're forgetting how many players are playing hurt, playing with injuries, um, you know, sort of like um, trying to think of like what Jake Gardner was going through last year, um, and they're just putting off surgery. When do you have off-season surgery when there's no off-season? You know, like this is, this is going to shorten careers. This is going to, uh, you know, guys, you have to make peace with the fact that you're going to be as tired as you've ever been um, and in constant pain for the next year and a half if you're some of these guys. Um, but do you want to get paid? You know, you're probably going to – a bunch of owners are going to be like, listen, you got to play 82 games in order for us to afford you. That or we're going to, we're going to have to figure something out. And it's not like owners haven't figured something out in the past. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Like they, well, they are the money at the end of the day. They are the money. And, you know, okay, NHL players have guaranteed contracts. Yeah, but they've, they've slashed uh, their income more than once. Mm-hmm. Right? So, it, and I think they would find a way, some justification. I mean, Jesus, guys, it's a pandemic. You weren't playing games. We can't pay you. They'll figure something out. So, is it a good idea? The sports broadcaster in me says absolutely. But uh, a lot of hockey players have really got to look themselves in the mirror, really got to have some serious conversations with their families because the next two years is going to be the hardest two years of their athletic lives. Jesse. Yeah, I think the idea here is to generate revenue on both sides so everybody can just make money and make back some of this lost income. So I think the reason you uh, work as hard as you can to fit in the end of this regular season and the playoffs is just so you can get back to working and start making money again. Because you can't, they can't generate any revenue if there are no games. So I think if you have to squeeze in an 82-game season starting in December and run through the summer, I think you have to because you don't have a choice. You need to play as many games as possible just to make money again. Mm-hmm. And like, if you're a guy like you know Joe Thornton, we were talking about him playing next year. Like, it's a given. Um, that guy's got like, doesn't he have two reconstructed knees? And he's like, he's 40 or late 30s or something like that. Like, there. Yeah. There's a man, Zidane Chara at 43 is going to play essentially a season and a half straight. Right. Well, Maybe. So, so that's what brings me to my next, my next question. And I have an opinion on this too, but you've heard it millions of times. If you're going to play that many games, so let's say how many, there's 12 games, 13 games left for most teams in this season. Uh, yeah, roughly yeah. a dozen. And then you're going to have two teams go all the way to the end of the playoffs, which is another couple months worth of games. So that could be what? 25 games each ballpark it, something like that. Right. Is that fair? Sure. And then you're gonna play another 82 games plus maybe another zero to 25 games after that with less rest than you're used to. Right. And that brings you to next July. And that's still only a couple months and you're back to camp again. Like you're not even a couple months. You're back to camp in September of 2021. So, my question is, and it's not really a question, this is a statement. There is no question that older guys, Zidane Charas, Joe Thornton, if they're going to play, they're going to have to go the Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard route. I was just going to say. There is going to be load management. You know, as, no matter how much Ron Hainsey hates it and the old school hates it, even though he's a millennial, which is still weird to me. Yep. There yep. is going to be load management. There has to be. And in fact, I would argue that you would be irresponsible to not load manage everyone especially your stars now that brings up a problem teams like the toronto maple leafs uh and any other team near the cap let's name any, a team other than the leafs near the cap because i know we're all leaf fans but this affects anybody canucks near the cap boston near the cap new york near the cap those teams are not going to be able to necessarily do that the players union wants players to be paid as much as possible right mm-hmm. what we're going to have to allow for at some point along the way here is some sort of relief in bringing players up. And this is good for the players union because players come up and they make minimum, minimum NHL wage, which is pretty darn good. And uh, the teams themselves benefit because they got fresh legs in the lineup and they're superstars. Let's say you're able to rest Morgan Riley. You're able to rest Austin Matthews for a couple of games. You're able to rest Freddie Anderson. Just naming that. You're able to rest Elias Pettersson because he was injured. You're, you know, if we're talking about the Canucks, for instance. You know, Patrice Bergeron, because he's 35. You know, these, the rules that they have in place right now, it's very clear to me 
that they're going to have to make some amendments between the league uh, and the players to allow for fresh legs to be in the lineup. You're going to have to have three and threes, probably, which AHL player hates. Uh, players hate. Right. But you're probably going to have to have forget back to backs, folks. Yeah. You're going to have to be playing three games in three nights. Which means you're going to have to call between December and July. Yeah. You are going to have to call a lot more people up, mm-hmm. which which is great for the players' association. Uh, but I I think that you have to give teams more flexibility. And I'm not necessarily saying that this is the time where you switch to the luxury to hard tax, which is what I've been saying that they need to do for years. But at a certain point, they're going to have to allow for, for the health of the players, and the NHLPA needs to argue this, for the health of the stars of the PA, they cannot allow the salary cap to stay the way it is and play this many games. If the owners want to play this many games, if they want to fit 82 games, into five months, which is what they're proposing, then they are going to have to give a little bit when it comes to teams being allowed to be calling people up. And, and the owners should be for that, especially the owners of cap teams, good teams. Um, there has to be some flexibility. You need to be able to get, um, you know, uh, Rasmus Sandin and Timothy Lilligren up without a penalty, right? So you yes. can, so there's going to be injuries. There's going to be rest. We, we got to figure that out. One thing that's most likely going to happen with this summer of baseball is they're going to, they're thinking about canceling one of the minor league seasons. So it might be the triple A season or the double A season. And then they're expanding roster sizes at the MLB level. So right now it's a 25 man roster. It might be a 35 man roster or a 40 man roster all season long. So you have all those guys available for the entire condensed couple months of the season. Smart. You have to, you have to, you have to like, especially pitching in the MLB, right? Right. Like you're, they're, you're going to be, humans. there's going to be so many games where it's just relievers. It's just going to be five relievers. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're going to have NASCAR every day. Well, the cars are going to break down. Well, <laughs> you know, it's like that with shoulders, man, and knees and hamstrings and everything. You're going to have to get rest for these guys or, well, yeah, no, you're going to have to find rest for them. Yeah, so I wonder if you expand not the rosters gonna be in days the NHL, off. you know, you're going to have to like, Thank how many you. spares is, is, um, reasonable like what what do we have now i think you Three? need five i think you need five spares oh i think you need more I well no no like on more. top of what they have oh yeah i think you need five positions that don't if they're if they're there needs to be some sort of i don't know if it's a cap relief situation but you need to be able to bring up somebody from the ahl mid-season and it costs you nothing on the cap you, you gotta be able the to player. Like, replace a full line that's what like i'm saying forward line and d yeah and maybe yeah. even a goalie. You you allow teams to carry three goalies, no extra charge on the third, stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Or you have them called up for a certain amount of time. So maybe the most you can keep all those guys is 10 days and then they got to go back for some paperwork reasons. I don't know. I don't know what you do. Right. But, you know, because most of the time, teams are going to want to be- play their best players. But you're not always going to be able to do that in that situation. And I think it could be a good vehicle for change from this restrictive sort of I think already outdated salary cap system that benefits the league to a point, but they could look at other options now that could benefit them more. And you bet your ass they're going to, because the money's not there. I mean, you got to look at ways that, that the rich teams can pay the poor teams, especially now luxury to hard tax would do that, but they're not open to that yet. So be interesting to see how they handle that. Now coming up in about 10 minutes here, we've got Danny Ryland of the NWHL. Uh, and we're going to have to talk about a bunch of things, including Toronto, of the NWHL. We still don't have a name. Trading away the number one pick, the first pick in franchise history to where, Steve? To freaking where? 
Boston. Collusion. But to the place where the owner is from. Right. Three owners. Three owners. Three owners. All from there. Collusion. Ownership group. Gosh darn it. It's yeah. collusion. It's Boston collusion. I've always said it. <laughs> Everyone but, thinking I was getting political about shouting collusion all the time. I was talking about Boston. People really loved what the NWHL did last night, though. And, you know, it was interesting, you know, having, the, uh, having Anya Packer on and that sort of thing, talking about drafting some of these players. And I think it played into the decision last night. The number one overall pick is from Boston. That's cool. It's cool. Well, and also it's a, it's a little – the draft is a little bit more restrictive. It's not as simple as getting the best player. It's can that player, you know, make moving that far work. Mm-hmm. And I'm just saying – Night two starts at seven tonight, probably roughly around the time this podcast is going up. And folks, you might see a familiar face. I'm just saying. Are you going to be a part of the broadcast? I'm just saying. That's cool. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Jesse, he's just Uh saying. I'm just saying. Though he's just he's he was going to say, but he's just saying. I'm just saying. Merely. I'm simply just. Um, okay. So, uh, the other thing we should probably talk about, um, and this is sort of important. And before we, uh, before we get going in here is obviously the NHL has done a really cool thing and they are now, uh, selling these masks. And I'm just trying to bring it up on my computer, selling COVID masks for charity. So you can buy your own mask. So you can wear it out to the grocery store or whatever. And uh, you can get Toronto Maple Leafs, Montreal Canadiens, Calgary Flames, Edmonton Oilers, Vancouver Canucks, uh, and you can buy them at the NHL shop. All 31 teams are there. They're about uh, 25 bucks US to buy, and they go to Feeding America and Food Banks Canada. And that actually plays into what we raise money for on Friday yeah. night as well. So, Steve, let's go through the totals because um, we wanted to say thank you. Um, the COVID, or sorry, the quarantine cup turned out to be a total smash, as in, like on the ice, you guys smashed us. But also, the amount of money raised is pretty incredible on both sides of the board. It was, it was a lot tighter uh, there, Coach Adam. I, I think uh, the extra toasties with, with your leadership uh, did very well. <laughs> um, we, yeah, for the quarantine cup, so we split it evenly between a Canadian cherry and an American one. It was Conquer COVID-19 for Canada and Feeding America for um, the Americans. We donated uh, $2,000 um canadian to conquer covid19 so it's it's like i said um uh, Haley wickenheiser said it's about a dollar a mask for an n95 mask for an n95 mask so that's two thousand masks right there and that's just from the second broadcast tack it on to the first one i don't even remember and for feeding america fourteen hundred and thirty four dollars and twenty six cents american so it right it was split even I looked up the exchange rate and everything. And uh, Pete has got some coming too. I haven't seen his tweet, but I know he raised uh, hundreds and hundreds of dollars uh, on his Twitch stream. So that'll hopefully, uh, I think it's just a little under a thousand to split between the two each American. So it's like $64,000, something like that. So it's all, it's all very good. Y'all did a very good thing and you helped me kick Adam and Jesse's ass. <laughs> it was lots of fun except um, i was the goalie and i got 10 hung on me and that that's sucked. listen man that's okay apparently because you know here's the thing so the last the last little bit there I, it was like 11 o'clock at night and i don't know about you guys but 11 o'clock at night is super late for me now didn't used to be well, but what about because, that guy well, <laughs> what about jesse 
I know. That's what I'm saying. He was up for like 20 hours. Was well, not worth it. Well, it was worth it for the charity. <laughs> wasn't worth it for the NHL. Adam, you did the right decision. Thank you, Jesse. Thank yeah. you. I don't feel I so guilty. He just ended the stream because I was doing this big thank you to everyone. <laughs> yeah, no, I gave. And he cut I me gave, off right in the middle. I tell gave me, you what? a heads up because I, my my PS4 was shutting down, so the stream was gonna end. <laughs> oh, so I, I was like, Steve, hurry it bad. up! And he kept going on and on. Oh, and Pete was basically <laughs> MIA for the whole last game. Yeah, I'm listening to him in my headset. I'm like, who is he talking to? And then I realized the words he's shouting are barely English. Mm-hmm. And he he like he did Pete have it. a good time? He got like blackout drunk. Like he doesn't remember the <laughs> he last game. Remember the last he doesn't two remember games. the last yeah. game. The rest of us are having like casual two, maybe three, because we're nuts throughout right. the course of a three-hour broadcast. By the way, that was a three-hour broadcast, and Pete's just woo. I guess he knew it was a long night. He would. We would go to like a like a TV timeout or something. And he'd be like, "I'm going to the washroom." We're like, what? we're in the middle of the game. And then they're, they drop the puck. And then our left winger isn't moving because Pete's in the washroom taking his 10-minute I'm drunk piss. And, <laughs> and the, the guys are sitting there like, Pete, <laughs> you can't get blackout for our last you know, two games. You know, I'm glad I got kicked upstairs for everybody to take it so seriously. Right? <laughs> Adam could have moved play. <laughs> Was, One thing I do want to do, I, I don't want to stop the online streaming thing with you guys because it's, I gotta be honest with you, I miss you. And it's, it's, it was so much fun. So I'm hoping that the three of us can do some NHL threes or something online on, on certain nights of the week. Mm-hmm. We could, yeah. You know, 100%. we'll talk about that off the air, but I'm we should take that we challenges can... from listeners. If they got threes teams, we should like Ooh. us three versus whoever your, oh. your three guys are. I like that. Now, is that hard to line up? Like, I know we're just talking about this. We have not talked about this before. So is that is that difficult? It's super easy. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We can do it. Amazing. It's That's... doable. There's still – we would have an easier time probably organizing everything before we started the broadcast, whereas the Sportsnet one, we're like, oh, it's only people watching the stream who we're giving the password to, but there's still a few people who abuse it with not nice names to have on the stream. Oh, Yes. Yeah, did you guys get infected by the NHL? Only Not two. Not great usernames? Only two. Oh, Only okay. two. Oh, I, uh, I, I bring down the ban hammer on all of them. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. I send them all in. I don't care. But uh, no, for the most part, it's been uh, really good. That's good. That's good. Dude, um, the, the thing I have to say about NHL, is, is I, and this is what I don't understand about playing Chell, is do I have to unlock different stances too? Like as my like player, because I only have hard-hitting defensemen and two-way forward available to me. So do I have to unlock? No, no, you can uh, you can change your loadouts. You I have can? all you have yeah. all of the lo- all of the loadouts available from the start. Is okay. just you don't have some of the um, like abilities. Yeah, you unlock abilities like yeah. you know have a better shot, skate backwards faster, dirty dangles. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But all if you go into the thing, you can change like sniper or enforcer. Or I'm gonna have like to look into that. Yeah, uh-huh. we'll show you this. I don't know how to do anything. If anybody, if anybody listening has ever had a child, you know that the the fun stuff that you get to do with your friends just disappears. However, I did drive all the way down to Steve's house. I'm gonna tell you this before Danny Ryland jumps on. I drove oh, yeah. all the way down to Steve's house on Sunday. Mm-hmm. The reason I drove all the way to Steve's house was. Not to break the COVID-19 rules. I actually did it for the good of humanity. I broke one rule to enforce another. 
And this is to keep me inside. I want to play Animal Crossing. And so Steve has a Nintendo Switch. So I borrow his Nintendo Switch. I set it up. I am playing Animal Crossing. And the first thing they ask you is, hey, what do you want to name the island? Because you're a cool guy. And I was like, damn, what do I name it? Guys, I live on Robida Island. I just want you to <laughs> So I am going to cultivate my crops on Robida Island, and I'm going to be giving you guys updates on how well I'm doing on that. Is the game fun? I want to go on. It's, it is really fun. You know what it is? So when you play like Call of Duty Warzone or um, what's the other one we play? Uh, Fortnite. Fortnite. I play Fortnite with my buddies. Oh, Danny's here. Okay, we'll talk about that after. Let's talk to Danny, <laughs> shall we? Well, let's welcome to the show for the first time ever, Danny Ryland, commissioner of the NWHL, uh, founder, and a bunch of other things too, which we'll get to. So, like, so such an exciting time for you and for this league and for women's hockey. And I, 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 I want to start with Toronto's NWHL team because we're uh, obviously a little bit biased, and and we find that really important. However, last night. You have the draft, or at least the first half of it. The second half of it starts tonight. Um, Toronto trades down, trades its number one overall pick, the first in franchise history, to a Boston team, which is, like, I got to be honest, is a little bit of, like, triggering for us. Um, But in all honesty, um, pretty exciting night, uh, an exciting night for uh, Sammy Davis as well. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about how that all came together and, you know, it, you know, given, given the situation that we're in, was doing this digitally always going to be the route that you guys chose? Or was this something that was kind of foisted upon you? Yeah, so actually every year since our inaugural season, we posted our draft as a social media blitz is kind of how we branded it internally. And um, so we've always tried to find different and unique ways to amplify the messaging. So get NCAA um, handles on board, leverage all the social outlets that are um, you know currently being used by our teams, get our players on as much video as possible. And um, so this year, the idea to kind of iterate it a bit um, was to bring in, you know, uh, stand-in commissioners to make the picks for our teams. And so the idea started with Bucci Gross making the first overall pick and his video was so amazing. So we're like, okay, like this could be really cool if we grow it into just being bigger than hockey, but let's make it all about women's sports. Let's make it all about all the sports and uh, really amplify our messaging. And so um, I knew what was coming and I was still like so pumped about how it all rolled out last night. I was like refreshing my Twitter feed and um, was just uh, just excited. It was a really cool moment and to see all the NCAA programs getting involved and all of our current players congratulating the new players and uh, just the way that the ripple effect happened with our blitz was uh, really cool to, to watch come to life. So I'm so excited for tonight as well. What I always say about my dear friend Adam is that's a different dude. He he always he always does things uh, just a little differently, and and I always sort of think that about you and the NWHL. Everyone's you know shutting down. We're postponing. We're doing this. You're expanding. <laughs> Would most people in your life describe you as a different person? I think so. Yeah, probably. Um, but I've, I've read a couple of things that have, you know, mentioned like, oh, like it's crazy that the NWHL is expanding when like everything is paused and, um, you know, a lot of hard work went into that deal. And obviously it wasn't a deal that happened overnight. Um, and it actually happened pre COVID-19. And, um, so we are definitely working hard under the assumption that 
hockey will be back and life will be normal um, come next hockey season. And, um, you know, why should our, our plans and our hard work be, be wasted? Um, because this virus is here for a bit. And so we want to control what we can and continue to build what we can and um, hopefully, you know, make some smart moves and, and the right decisions. And um, with all the pieces in place for Toronto, we decided it was, it was time. And having an even number of six teams going into our sixth season, it's, uh, it's a pretty exciting time. Yeah. We asked Anya Parker, who was on on Sunday, uh, we asked her this question, but you know, it's, it's interesting when you, when you launch a team, um, you know, it's hard to know every detail. You can't have every detail in place. However, there's a couple things that we don't know yet. And maybe you know them. I'm not sure you'll be willing to share them, but you, you have a, a franchise, but no name and a hockey team and no arena. And I'm wondering how the situation with both of those is coming. The arena more than the name. You know, the name will come. But the arena, is that's a big sort of question mark because, let's be honest with you, downtown Toronto is pretty expensive, including the arenas, the, the hockey space that you would need to play a full 20 games and then the playoffs because um, Toronto's obviously going to be in the playoffs and winning championships. So for uh, how close are you on something like that? And when can we expect an announcement if you are close? Yeah, so it's actually going to be 10 home games. So it's a 20 okay, season, so 10 home, 10 away. Um, and we're actually playing with a lot of different um, creative scheduling ideas, which would include potentially playing at multiple arenas around the GTA. So um, it's easier for fans uh, to attend because um, obviously the greater Toronto area is – is tough to get around. And so um, we want to make sure that we have as many touch points as possible and introduce our, um, our brand of hockey um, and our new club to as many fans as possible. So um, it's all, all going to be about growth our first season. And uh, we have a couple of venues in mind. So don't you worry. We'll have a place to play. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How uh, do you, sorry, oh, sorry. On, the, on the name side, um, we actually opened up um, uh, a public polling to a lot of fans uh, to submit some names. And so we have, quite a few options to choose from. Um, so I'm have- sure all of them are interesting, especially when you open it up to the internet. <laughs> yeah, the internet has delivered, let me tell you. Uh, okay, all right. <laughs> Is there a front runner for the name? Any, any of the names you looked at that you're like, hey, that's the one I want to go with? No, no. No. But oh, she's teaming a team us. face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Steve, what were you going to say, man? Well, I, I was going to ask, um, what sort of creative ways are, are you going about uh, trying to fill the roster of that team? Because I, I know there's the draft, and obviously that's great. And was it five or six players have already signed up? But, yeah, so I, I don't know if you've heard, there's this thing called the PWHPA. And, um, you know, they, they've eaten up a lot of the players. So how, how do you fill out this team? Yeah, there's actually such uh, an enormous pool of incredibly talented women playing hockey, and a lot of them are concentrated in the um, greater Toronto area and Ontario specifically. So uh, when it comes to talent, that's not something that, that we're concerned about. Um, actually, we're excited that we're able to provide more opportunity. Um, there are 180 women graduating uh, NCAA Division One this year, and you know you have to assume that a certain percentage of them want to continue playing. Um, as someone who grew up playing myself, like hockey is a part of your, your blood, and um, you want to play forever I, I still putz around the, the men's leagues but um, you, you don't want to hang them up and so um, you know it becomes just such, such a part of your identity and, and so I'm sure that there are a lot of women graduating college who want to play um, not just the NCAA but youth sport as well um, and so to have that opportunity for them to continue their careers um, you know that, that's what we're here to provide that opportunity and so maybe they don't all play and we don't have spots for them all but there's definitely enough talent to fill an incredibly competitive roster and I think some would argue um, Isabel Cup contenders for sure. So you've had to be creative 
um, very, very creative from the beginning with this league. Um, I'm not sure where you first conceptualized this. Um, and I'm, and I'd love to hear the story about when this first popped into your mind and then taking that to like, Oh, this could actually happen. So I'd love to ask you about that. But I think the second thing I'd love to ask you is when you look at, um, where the, where this is going, where the future is going. So, you know, you've got it, you got an NHL team or sorry, an NWHL team in Toronto now. There are obviously other intense hockey markets that you'd probably want to expand into. Are we looking at a situation here with the NWHL that you're going to expand once a year, once every couple of years? And then, I, and then the adjunct to that is, how do you get three Bostonians to invest in a Toronto team? <laughs> so um, as far as our expansion plans and growth, we want to be smart about it, um, but also want to time it with opportunity. Uh, Minnesota was a team that uh, I had wished we could have expanded their season too, um, but it took time to do it right and for the rollout to be appropriate. And so when we got there, we got there. And their first year was unbelievable. They sold out every game, hit all of our league records with sponsorship dollars, ticket sales. Like they, they absolutely crushed it. I mean, obviously, Minnesota, we believe, is a similar market to Toronto. It's sometimes like, uh, you know, selling water in a desert. So um, we believe that. Uh, Minnesota will, or uh, Toronto will be equally as successful as Minnesota was, but um, it's all about timing and, and being smart. We don't want to expand too fast and we don't want to take too many risks in markets that we aren't confident in. Um, and so we will be diligent as we move forward. So I wouldn't say there's a formula like one a year or, or anything like that, but just uh, all comes down to timing and opportunity. Um, but then as far as the Boston um, investment into Toronto, I mean, we've really put together an amazing leadership group in Toronto. Um, the three women leading that team are absolute go-getters, powerhouses, and they're going to make a lot of amazing things come to life up there. Um, and so it's not, you know, there are a lot of ties to Toronto as well. So I don't want to say there's, you know, the Boston ties like makes it, you know, illegitimate, you know, <laughs> for, for Toronto. But um, yeah, we're definitely excited to get those, uh, those, those people in place. And, um, you know, their, their passion for what we're all building together is, is remarkable. Can you shoot down the rumors that there was collusion between the Boston owners and giving the number one overall pick back to Boston? Yeah, we'll definitely shoot that down. I mean, I think the, the mindset there was that uh, Toronto had uh, um, a healthy list of, of folks to, to scout from, and so that number one pick wasn't necessarily needed right away. But I wasn't in on the trades. I couldn't <laughs> That was well handled, by the way. Well handled. <laughs> I'm still not convinced. So. <laughs> what, what about uh, the, the people involved in that ownership group uh, impresses you the most and made you sort of go, all right, these, uh, this is my crew? Yeah, I mean, I think that they – they get it. They know that this takes work. It's not just, oh, let me come in and, you know, uh, I have the, like, I'm going to snap my fingers and my, my finances are going to make this team come to life. They understand that women's hockey and getting the, the word of women's sports out there takes hard work and effort. And these are the type of women who know how to work and they roll up their sleeves and they get things done. And I think that is what is so exciting about uh, having an opportunity to work with them is um, it's, it's a constant push. Like we're always pushing each other to, to obtain that, that next goal. And so um, I think above all else, it's their, um, their commitment, their mindset and their work ethic. Let's talk about Twitch. Cause this was pretty cool. When that, when that deal was announced, I mean, we, we definitely thought that's awesome. I mean, you want to go where you want to go where the next generation is. That's where they are. Right. There's no question. Television is changing. Uh, broadcasting is changing. And for a league such as yours that has to fight for every viewer, right now uh, in, in establishing itself, uh, it seems like it went off pretty well for the first season. And I, I'm just wondering if it met all of your expectations. 
it surpassed every expectation I had. Um, candidly, my first event on Twitch was our first game on Twitch. That was my, my first experience. Of course, I did like the tutorials and everything, but that was my sure. first time actually going on to Twitch. And I thought at first the chat feature um, on the side was going to be a distraction, but it ended up being like, such a remarkable asset to the broadcast and just watching our broadcasters engage with the fans, the fans engage with each other, new people coming in, um, contributing bits and subs to, to our, uh, to our feed. It was so fun to watch. I found myself like becoming more obsessed with the, 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 the chat than the game. Of course the game's going on and you care about the game, but then it was, it's had a nice, uh, um, synergy. The two tied together. It was really a fun experience. And, um, so that the experience surpassed my expectations, and then just the the commitment from Twitch in general. I think one of my initial hesitations going into the deal was they didn't have many traditional sports deals, and so how would we differ from all the esports? And they were very. They said we care so much about becoming a traditional sports platform. We want to see you succeed. We are all in. And to say that and then see it come to life throughout the season was really amazing. Um, so that the entire team at Twitch, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for and look forward to growing with them over the next two years. Um, and and also coming up with new content. Uh, halfway through the season, we launched uh, a side chant or a sideshow um, shoulder content for um, for the league called um, NWHL Open Ice. Um, which was hosted by the Gamer Doc, and it was just like obviously I live, breathe, and sleep this. Like this is this is everything. And as a, if I was a casual fan, I would have loved the show. I feel like it was so much fun to watch the Gamer Doc, like just bring our players' personalities to life and see what life is like behind the scenes. And um, yeah, so that became a really cool piece of shoulder content that we were able to unveil halfway through the year. So hopefully we can continue with that throughout the season. And um, Steve, it was great to see you. Hop on. Yep. <laughs> uh, they're awesome. They're really good broadcasts. And I, I, I was blown away by like, Adam knows I'm one of those like blue car guys. Like I get distracted by everything. The fact they were able to like watch the games. I think they were conducting interviews as well and interact with the chat. Uh, I was blown away. And, yeah. and I mean, you're in charge, so I'm sure you were looking at it and saying, this is great, but you're probably looking at it and going, how can I make this better? So do you have any ideas or anything you can reveal heading into next season? Yeah, so that was one of the things uh, that we were working on throughout the years, like how can we improve? Um, and it was kind of lifetime improvements. Um, obviously, production quality varies by market, so they have their own um, improvements to make. But on the Twitch side, um, one of the things that we're working on is rolling out um, various um, extensions, which is essentially like lifetime uh, stats or updates or merch pushes. Um, so finding ways to um, uh, engage with the fans so we can do like extensions that have polls so like who's going to score the next goal it's like a gamification twist um but then also um you know the monetization side so um when madison packer scores a goal we can pop up a madison packer jersey or jersey and um, encourage the the fan to buy and so having those those lifetime decisions um or like when the Toronto team wins the isabel cup immediately putting up that merchandise that says inaugural season champs and and getting the fans to, to move on get that is that's happening get, and get the gotta get the crest on the side too oh, right yes you yes know? that'll be really important you know yep, <laughs> so so that's the, the that's what's so exciting like you can feel um, at least I can you feel your excitement through through you know Zoom which is what we're doing this over right now which is awesome and it's infectious I gotta ask you where you stand on where this is going and what I mean by that is you're obviously a goal oriented person. High-level athlete, uh, working 
you're, you're, you're getting people to do like, I mean, this, this has been tried and it's, it hasn't worked before. It was tried in the nineties. There was obviously two leagues a couple of years ago. And for various different reasons, some of those things didn't work. Your league has continued on soldiered on. What is your end goal? When you're, when you're at the end of this for you, what do you want to leave behind? And what do you want the NH, uh, NWHL to be in 20 years, 30 years? Yeah, I mean, outside of, of, of more mar- markets and more opportunity for women to play professionally, I mean, our, our focus is on continuing to, to drive our players' salaries. Like, we want this to be the one and only job for them. And so one of the things that Anya and I came up with uh, last offseason um, was a 50-50 rev share with our players. Um, to uh, So any media and sponsorship dollars that come in at the league level are immediately split with our players. And through this, um, this player salary has actually increased 30% this past year. But what it does is it, it ties business to our most expensive uh, expense. Um, so as salaries uh, or as uh, revenue grows, salaries grow. And if those two things aren't in lockstep, that's when things become uh, a bit wonky. So for us to um, find that fair formula that we believe will help drive growth, and, and honestly, it's driven a lot of um, interest and attention from sponsors and, and you know, Twitch uh, media dollars are going to our players as well. Um, so that uh, knowing that they have an immediate impact when their dollars are not just going to the league and building the business, but also to the players. And um, we think that's how we are going to continue to grow. And, um, and hopefully, you know, we get there sooner than later, but we, we do have the goals. We know like if we hit X sponsorship dollars, that means player salaries are Y and, and that's what we're, we're striving for every day. How important do you think it is for a women's league to be run and founded and owned by women? I mean, that's what exists right now. So um, I, we think it's pretty cool and pretty important. And um, yeah, yeah, we want to we continue to, to grow that. And, um, you know, we do um, think it's amazing that we have opportunities for women. I mean, it's not just to, up to 25 roster spots that were created in Toronto. It's a team president, it's team GM, it's coaches, it's athletic trainers, it's equipment managers, it's a broadcast team. Like those are all opportunities. And of course, we're not just going to hire all women, but those are opportunities that might not have existed for women to have careers in sport and so um we've we've seen um, people involved in our our league um grow their their careers and we want to be that platform to help them do that and um we want to continue to create those opportunities so um yeah it's it's important to us for sure over the years there's been obviously a ton of pushback about like the way things are done and which way things should be done and there was a tweet that got a bunch of traction the other day and i'd like to read it to you and get your thoughts if that's okay so it's from Jerry D. Uh, it's and I'm sure you've already seen it. I can see your face. Uh, it's hard to get it. Uh, it's hard to get excited that the NWHL is coming to Toronto when all the best players in the world don't play in the league. You can call it professional women's hockey, but without the best players playing, it's semi-professional at best. And I should read his follow-up too, just to be fair. Fair points by some of you. It's unfair to call the league semi-professional because it does contain some of the best players in the world. But a vast majority of those players have decided not to play in this league to further the growth of women's hockey. I just can't share in the short-term excitement that some have uh, about this league coming here without all the best players playing in it because I feel it makes it harder to get women's hockey where it needs to be uh, as a professional league. I wish these players well, but I feel it hurts uh, what the PWHPA is trying to do for the future of the game. So that was a lot. And I was just wondering uh, what you thought about all of it. Yeah. I mean, of course 
we're all aware of, of the, the chirps and the, the naysayers and you know, some of the negativity that exists. Um, but we are all about creating opportunity and more touch points and more opportunities for young girls to go to the rink and see professional women playing hockey. You know, one of the things I will say is, you know, tell the 120 women in our league that they weren't professional hockey players this year and they'll tell you that they were. And um, the women in Toronto are gonna say the exact same thing. And so to have that high caliber game for, for young girls and for the community and for a market to be able to, to look at and aspire to be a part of um, and to grow a brand. I mean, it's, it is, um, important for there to be a, a, a brand in the greatest hockey market in the world and for that team to have an opportunity to, to chase a cup like those things are really important and so um, yeah I mean there's there's no reaction to that what, what we do is we try to build we try to create opportunity and that's what we're focused on if Gary Bettman called you tomorrow and said listen we we want to do what the NBA did with the WNBA um, and we want to take over your league what's your response we have publicly said that we are happy to have conversations with anyone, any stakeholder who wants to talk about what it would mean to, to pass the torch. And if there's someone else who would be better at, at, at running women's hockey um, until there's a plan, like we're not wired to, um, to talk hypotheticals. Um, mm -hmm, and, of course. You know, you know candidly, like t speaking hypotheticals is, you yeah. know, kind of the, um, it doesn't get us anywhere, but um, you know, if there's an opportunity with a real plan and a real conversation is had, we've, we've said that publicly many times we'd have that conversation and our door is always open to have that conversation. Danny Ryland, commissioner of the NWHL, founder of the NWHL. Thank you for your time and for being as candid as you have been. Uh, and congratulations on first half of the draft, the new franchise, and obviously more exciting things to come. And we hope that this will not be the last time we get to talk to you. Uh, thank you. Uh, you know, as a dad of a little girl, thank you for furthering well, women's hockey. Yes, of course. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, Appreciate it. Thanks. Enjoy the second half of the draft that is yeah. in three and a hey. half hours. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> conference so danny ryland everybody um you know notorious infamous in certain circles and i also think impressive in others uh and i think that impressive has got to go in with that um this is a hard charging business person and you know uh regardless of your opinion on where the the fractures within women's hockey growth is growth is growth and as anya said i think really well uh and others have alluded to I hope that whatever the whatever the end is, everybody comes together. It sounds like there's a plan there, and it sounds like they have a bright future. It doesn't. You you look at a league like the XFL, where they just start, and you know within like two years they're going to be done, and it's never going to survive. It, it doesn't feel that way with the NWHL. You know, it doesn't feel like hey, Vince McMahon's going to start this thing and just burn it to the ground. It feels like they're looking towards the long term and actually trying to grow the game of hockey. Mm -hmm. And she, her, some of her answers were exactly what I expected. Um, she just, she's got the blinders on and she won't be distracted by all the nonsense. Right. Right. Like, oh, well, there's some, you know, some people don't like what you're doing. And so, like, I don't think she cares, man. I don't think she cares. And in her position, oh, she doesn't have time. Oh. Like, I don't think, I don't think that you can be in that position and care. I think you gotta, you gotta focus on what's ahead of you. Everything I else, mean, noise. It's, you can't please anybody or everybody, sorry. Well, some people can't please anybody, but it's, you can't please everybody. And it's hard enough to please all the people within your own organization. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and then you're distracted by everyone else who's not even inside of it. And in some cases actively trying to 
you know, stop players from going to play in your organization. It's uh, it's a tough one, but like, I don't know. I, I'm having a hard time cheering against it. And like, can't I be for both? I think some you can. people would say, no, you can't. I think you um, can. And I get I, it. I get why they would say that, but yeah, I kind of want to see both succeed. Uh, yeah. Because at the end, if both succeed, women's hockey's in a better place. The, the reality is it did get very fractional and positional, right? And, and it is. Uh, but Liz Knox, who has been on this show, friend of the show, Liz Knox, we like to say, um, uh, she, and I, I messaged, or I said this last episode, she said, remember, a lot of us are friends here on both mm-hmm. sides. That's a small community. And um, some of them, you know, left little comments, you know, little barbs or whatever. But again, there's 200 people in that organization, mm-hmm. roughly. Mm-hmm. They're not all going to think the exact same just right. because they've signed the same agreement. Right. So there is, um, there is a solution here. I, I'm not smart enough to ever know what it'll be, but we'll get there. Um, and I think, yeah, Steve, I'm with you. I think you cheer for both. I think you encourage both. You know, if you're the, if you're the leader of either of those organizations, that's for you to decide. I'm not a leader of those organizations. The only thing that I can hope for, and I've said this many, many times, when we were at the CWHL All-Star Game, and I don't know why I said it then, but there was these girls, there was young women's hockey teams, girls' hockey teams everywhere. Like these, you know, they, and they all had their jerseys on and they're all there watching. You guys remember that day. It was great. Mm-hmm. Yep, of course. And all I can remember thinking was, and I said this out loud to you guys, if I ever have a little girl, I want to take her to something like this. So however it is that, you know, Everly's too young to go to something like that right now. But when she's like three and four years old and able to kind of take things in, um, I want to be able to take her to stuff like that, even if eventually she, she can like hockey or not like hockey. But I want to take her to some sports. I want her to go see that. And I want her to be able to see people that she can look up to that she can identify with. That's important to me. I and hope- and like the way I looked up to Doug Gilmore, I want Mary Philippe Poulin to be that or Hillary Knight or Amanda Castle, whoever it is. Um, I want them to be, you know, I want them to be able to play this sport. I want her to, and if, if my kid loves to play hockey, I want her to dream like I want to play in the NWHL or the WNHL or whatever it ends up being. Uh, just like I dreamed of playing in the NHL, even though I didn't have a hope in hell. You know what I mean? Hoping. I did. But I, <laughs> But I hoped anyway, and that was what was key. So anyway, that's just my side rant. Sorry about that. I hope, and I didn't think of this until we got off the, I almost said the phone, off a Zoom with her. I hope the Toronto NWHL team does take some things from the Toronto Furies. You know? What do you um, mean? Like, well, a lot of the community outreach things. Like, I was just thinking about how cool it was to, I went to an exhibition game between, it was the Furies and the UOIT Ridgebacks in um, Oshawa. Like, I would like to see them do exhibition things like that. And, you know, don't restrict it to just, uh, like, if they've done their homework on the market, which I'm sure they have, they'll know that Toronto is really Toronto, like sort of in quotation marks, right? It's the GTA. So I'd like to see them, you know, travel, do community outreach, stuff like that, maybe play against some of the university teams. Just get creative. Yep. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Um, so, you know what? With that, I think we got to go right into the press conference. We have time for a bit of a longer one if you want, Jesse. Do you, we can do you want to do that? Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, hang on. I've got to change. I moved my hat once. I'm not a hat guy, as you can tell, because my head's enormous. Ah. But you move your head hat once, and then your hair gets all out of place, and then... <sighs> and then, then you're bald. 
Like, yeah, and then you're bald. Should I just leave it off? I'm just going to leave it off for now. You can see my messy hair. Let's go. Ooh, All right, Adam, and, are you ready just, for your, your oh, history, history corner? corner? Yep. All right. So this is from Delirious Dame on Instagram. Delirious Dame. All right. Uh, they write, I am an essential worker who appreciates you guys keeping me company while I deliver mail. SDP is one of my favorites, and I consider y'all friends. My AHC request is less of a specific question and more... I'm a big fan of hot takes, and I was hoping you could ask Adam what his hot ta- hottest take is about whatever period of history he wants. Ooh. Thank you. Hugs and kisses all. Stay healthy. So do you have a hot take about history that you want to get out there? Something that you've been mulling over for years that you're like, this is where I stand, and I'm going to die on it like contract legs. Hmm. Okay. Remember that? Do you remember when the, the season was canceled and who was it? Bill Daly said, or was it Batman or Daly who said, contract lengths will be the hill I die on? And then it ended <laughs> oh. up not happening. <laughs> I don't think it was Batman. I don't think it was Batman. I do, yeah, vaguely, vaguely, vaguely. Okay. All right. Anyways, so, go ahead, Adam. <laughs> guys, before I answer this, before I answer this, how much of our audience is American? It's a pretty high percentage. Uh, like 40%? Something like that? Uh, it's less than half, but yeah, somewhere around there. About, about 40% of our it, audience. Uh, yeah, 30, 40. So I might make, this is a two-part hot take. Are you ready for this? Oh, boy. Hmm. Our, our American listeners, on the most part, are not going to be happy with me. Adam wishes the British one. Oh, my God. No, I don't wish oh the British one. Oh, my God. One. No, I don't. Wow. I don't. I don't. The British. Say King that George, into a mic, Adam. King George was nuts. King George was nuts. And it actually, if you look up the story of King George, his favorite thing was the American colonies, and he did basically everything he could wrong to keep them. Um, but, but, there are two things. Number one, most Americans, despite it being one of the most talked about things that in American history, the Constitution, the Constitution, the Constitution. Americans do not know anything about the American Revolution. It's scary. Number two, there is no American Revolution and there is absolutely no victory without France. Not even a question. What if America I don't know today, what the American Revolution is? So I'll tell you in a second. The American Revolution, <laughs> America does not exist today without France. Well, Period. there was like one story. French guy in the Mel Gibson movies. So. Yeah, there was. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> so at the last battle of the last major engagement of the American Revolution, Which there were 18 th- Yorktown. Um, it was so there's Yorktown. Uh, I think it's South Carolina or North Carolina. It's Yorktown. Or no, it's Virginia. Virginia. Um, there is you've got General Cornwallis of the British, which is the most British name. It really um, is. And then you've got Washington. And then you've got two French commanders. You've got a land commander and a, um, and a sea commander. Now, they were, there was a, there was a, uh, a British-led expedition to relieve General Cornwallis, who was stuck inside this fort at Yorktown, Virginia. The French fleet came up from the Caribbean, because that's where a lot of their colonies were, defeated the British in Chesapeake Bay, and then, you know, jumped in and started, you know, sieging this place. What are the two sides? There is, so the American Revolution, there's the rebels, the Americans in okay. America, and then there's the British who own America. Okay, the that's Sorry. more clear. So, so you've got <laughs> that, you? and then the French, the French are like, hey, great opportunity to screw Britain. So we're going to ally with this upstart French army. So here's the problem. The Articles of Confederation, 
which were the documents signed in 1776. Don't allow the Congress, which still exists today, to tax uh, states. Initially, what everybody wanted was, it's like, oh, we're a bunch of little, little states and we're going to be our own little countries, but we'll kind of be like a federation, which is essentially how America's built. So the Americans are like, yeah, we're going to fight the British, the preeminent power in the world, but we're not going to tax anybody because we're trying to get rid of the British who are taxing us. So we can't pay our soldiers. By the end of the war, there were some soldiers, officers specifically, who had not been paid in six years. They were paid in IOUs. And at the end of the war, there was a guy who, and I forget his, I think his last name was Morris. He actually paid soldiers three months pay in his like division because he was rich and they had no money. And so um, to, to wrap this up and to be very, very quick about it, not only was desertion rampant, everybody talks about all oh, the, the continental soldiers. What a great group of heroes. Yeah, they were. They never got paid. They never got fed, often didn't have shoes, and then left. They just bounced. They were like, you know what? Screw this. I'm out of here. And I don't blame them. But at the last battle, the major engagement, there are more French soldiers on the field than there are Americans. So your last major engagement in that war, the French essentially are the major force. It's France versus England and America's there. So we're talking about 10,000 French sailors and, uh, and, and ships and, and uh, troops on the ground, and then about 8,000 American troops as well. The French funded and created the American Revolution. Now, it's a damn good thing they did. America, believe it or not, is the longest running consecutive government in the world right now. It's, it's the longest running, these, the article, now when they, they obviously hammered some stuff out in the late 1880s to figure out, you know, how, how we're, well, they had to eventually learn to tax people properly. And Americans from their, from their inset do not like to be taxed. Don't blame them. Um, they were able to, and this is so, so fascinating. They were able to um, get tons of loans from the French. It bankrupted the French monarchy. The French monarchy called something in the 1790s called uh, what was called the Estates General, which is a meeting of the lords, the peasants, who are called the sans-culottes, um, and they all come together, and they're trying to figure out how to tax France to pay back all the money that they need to pay back because the Americans can't pay them back for the Revolutionary War. That leads to a chain of events. King gets his head chopped off. Uh, then a bunch of other people get their heads chopped off under Robespierre, and then Napoleon Bonaparte takes over. So the American Revolution that France, France founded created their own revolution as well, 20 years later. So that's fascinating. Um, but if you go back and you look through it, they know people, people think that it's, they always talk about Washington, and Washington was amazing, incredible. But there is no way that Washington's in a position to beat the British without the French, and without the French pouring piles of money. We're talking, they said back, I think the estimate is 80 million livres, which is 80 million pounds back then. Just right. insane, insane, insane. I think it's like a billion dollars in today's dollar. Crazy, crazy, crazy money. Now, why so, did they want to do this? Because they wanted to fuck over Britain. This, oh, okay. That's the only reason. <laughs> okay. That's it. Because they lost, it's funny, they lost the Seven Years War, which was about 15 years before that, which may or may not have been started by George Washington. There's a story about that. But essentially, they, were, they, went to, they went head to head, and uh, they went head to head in North America in this war. They went head to head in Europe in this war, and the British come out on top. They get Canada, which is what is now Canada, 
and Quebec. And Quebec at that time incorporated Michigan and Illinois as well. Like Quebec was huge. It was this gigantic swath of land. And the Americans, um, well, what became America, um, they only became that that way and, and only became so angry about this because the British then had to pay to garrison that territory and pay for the fact that they just won that war because it's really expensive to conduct a war. So they start taxing the Americans. The Americans are pissed about it. And it starts the chain of events that creates the Revolutionary War. Now, the American soldiers that fought were brave. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying Washington wasn't a badass. He was. He was not a perfect man. That's another thing that Americans are all about. Well, he's, he's, he was perfect. He never lied. Well, no, he had a terrible temper. Uh, he owned slaves, although he freed them all towards the end. But this guy was a Southern, Southern guy growing up in the 1700s. Of course, he had slaves. And was not a perfect man at all. And I, so that it drives me crazy when people go, oh, Washington, he's the, best, he's the best man ever. Washington would say, no, I'm not a perfect guy. Um, there are so many things about the American Revolution that Americans take and go, well, we're just going to ignore all the other stuff that happens here. And, I, and it's not because, it's not for any other reason other than that's what you're taught. Uh, however, it's, it's my hot take is there is no American revolution without France just going nan nan boo boo to the British. That's, that's all it is. And uh, you should check out the American revolution. You should read your history on it, not just because it's your country, even if it's not, but it is one of the most fascinating geopolitical things that ever happened in the world. And that war, along with the Seven Years War, in my mind, are two of the initial world wars because they happen on three different continents. The Seven Years War happens in North America, Europe, and on India, like on the Indian Peninsula. Uh, same with uh, the American Revolution, except I, I don't believe India was involved. You have the Netherlands, Spain, France versus Britain, plus the American colonies. It's crazy. So anyway, that's just my, that's my hot take. Um, there is no United States today without France. The United States today exists because one king said fuck you to another. That's it. I feel ripped off by the education system because mm -hmm. Adam's here giving me like an in-depth explanation of george washington and i'm here like okay he was the first president i think he had wooden teeth he did yeah he lost his teeth and there was an animaniac song about him chopping down a cherry tree <laughs> and you sing that song for us uh george washington was first you see he once chopped down a cherry tree by the way i'm not bashing george i think george is amazing i just don't think he's perfect and i think it's really i think it's really unfair to look at history in two different ways you can't take a 20th century mindset and apply it to the 1700s it's not fair there's there's a process by which we got to this point um so you can't look at people back then and apply their same our morals to them uh, but George Washington, to his credit, at the end of his life, was completely and totally against slavery. It just took him an entire lifetime to get there. Um, uh, you, you can't also lionize people. You know, uh, the Alexander Greats, the Napoleons, um, even like if you look at, a, you know, major historical figures outside of politics and war, you know, like a, look at a Steve Jobs. Awful to people. Ignored the fact that he had a daughter for 25 years. Brilliant, though. And so you have, you have to remember that our heroes are all extremely deeply flawed because they're people at the end of the day. And oftentimes they're so great in one area, it makes them terrible in all the other ones. Um, and, and that's something that you learn too, when you study history. So that's, that's all I got to say. Churchill's an interesting one too, because oh. like not a great dude, but like 
kind of ideal to say fuck you to Hitler. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right guy, was, right time. Right yeah. guy, right time. And a brilliant orator. But wasn't if you he, ask, if you ask people he, in India, they're not fans, right. and rightfully so. Um, if you ask people in Africa, they're not fran- fans, and rightly so. Um, he, was a, uh, he was a man of his time. Yeah. Now we're getting into a different conversation. Yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll yeah. save him. Yeah, exactly. Is that, does, was that okay? Was that interesting or is that fair? I don't it's know. Awesome. I got more I, questions, dude, though. I, I, uh, I have more questions. Uh, do, oh, do you have more questions? Hell yeah. I do have more questions. Okay. Can I do a quick shout out before we do all that? Okay, Steve. Yes, Stephen. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, this is from Ronson. My mom's a cleaner, PSR at Ajax Hospital, and she's in the ICU COVID uh, unit every day. The warrior wow. uh, uh, is a year away from retirement. And I worry for her every day. On top of that, she's seeing to my 90-year-old grandparents every day as well. Dropping groceries off at their door, keeping them going as they can't leave the house. My mom's going from the COVID unit to the grocery store uh, for my grandparents. I feel awful, can't travel home, uh, or I feel awful, I can't travel home and do it myself and want to send her some more recognition. And uh, I know we shouldn't lionize people, but like maybe her. Yeah, maybe her. Yeah, <laughs> like, maybe, yeah, maybe it's the it maybe it's the it's it's these people that yeah lionize those people. I think yeah. that's an amazing story. And you know what's funny is how often that's repeated. It's just there's a whole bunch of people out there who are like, yeah, screw my own safety. Let's do this. It's thank God. Yeah. So sorry, just wanted to get that in there. Jesse, yeah, your next question. Uh, next question comes from uh, Corsi God on Reddit. Mm. They say if you could only judge by his Instagram. Would William Nylander be a good contestant on Too Hot to Handle? Oh, yes. Okay. All right. Let's yes. look at this. Let's yes. look at this. Okay. So like, we're going to go. We're going to creep here, right? Assuming I'm not blocked. Our know. next contestant, Bill. Do you, do you think you'd be blocked? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what is William Nylander's? I thought I followed him. It's just William Nylander. Is yeah. it? And he's verified. That's a hard flex. It used to be like WM Nylander or something. There it is. William Nylander. Well, first off, his bio says you're a typical rock star and has a saxophone in it. So, yes, 100%. I never even noticed that. 100%. Also, did you see the picture of him and his brother just looking ripped, walking with <laughs> sandals and socks? Like, that's the first picture that comes up. Of course. You know what you do? If you're a good producer, you take both of those guys and you put them on the show and oh. then hopefully have them fight over the same girl. They're the brothers. Oh. <laughs> that's what you do. Yeah. You that's put them you against do. each other. Yes. Oh, that's so good. Yes. So the, the abs with the little, what do they call that creek that I don't have? The, the, the V there? What is that? The stairway to heaven? or the? I'm sure that's one thing you could call it. Yeah, that um, little, those, those, yeah, I haven't seen mine since I was like 14, but there's like a V thing that comes up. Yeah. You don't have any body fat. Yeah. To, ha- to be showing that in the same photo, you're wearing like calf high socks and sandals is just an enormous flex. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, big eggplant energy. The <laughs> photo of the weekend is very strange, but then there's him with his Drew hoodie and just a uh, mustache that no one should have. He's got the, like the, um, what do they call that's it? Gross. Like the infinity pool sort of pose. And I think that's with his brother again. Oh yeah, yeah Jesse, you can put up all these. The solo walking out of the, uh, out of the sand pictures. Even the yoga pictures. Casually eating. Like we're talking variety of outfits, lots of beach picks, work picks, which is him on the ice in a game, mid-selly. Mm-hmm. 
Oh my oh. god, this this guy's uh, the show's dream. And like random too. He's got to be random as hell. Yeah. Prosciutto pick. Oh, the, the prosciutto pick is the best pick. With cornrows. Yeah. Like, that's a different dude. Yeah, that's a different. different Adam Wilde would be William Nylander. <laughs> different flipping dude right there. <laughs> He's got more followers than Bryce. I think. Now, would he break the rules? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Alex Nylander. Alex Nylander wouldn't. He'd be like, oh. you know what? No, I like this. I like this girl, and we're gonna we're gonna grow together. Nylander, William, I don't think so. Yeah, you know how many Sabres fans are like, yeah, he tried to score but couldn't. <laughs> There's hey, all these scorned fans. Is is that really his fault though? How many goals did your team get this year? Oh. Jeff Skinner's not even scoring. Come Man. on, it's Jack Eichel and his merry men. Right above, right, and this is also key for all these like hot Instagrammers. He's like, I'm not just hot from the front. Here's him doing yoga. Yeah. With his brother and everything, and that's right above the prosciutto pick. This guy is perfect for a show like this. Absolutely perfect. Please don't steal him. He's having a really good season. But, like, this guy's – he's ideal. Yeah. We might lose him to the show. We might. They, they'll have to up the pool from 7500 bucks. Two. Jesse? Two how Jesse? much? Oh, sorry. You said oh, up the pool. Have, yeah, you said they'll have to up the pool of 7500 bucks. How much, Steve? Well, what's his number now? Uh, $10.88 million. Because that's how it works. $10.88. Didn't he make 10 flat last year? That's how they prorated? Something like that. Yeah. It would have to be ten eight eight two nine three nine. That would have to be his salary. And 69 cents because he, he just thinks it's funny. Uh, by the way. He does was, make six point nine million. I sorry, I should. Anyway, yeah, that's also that should also be included in that. It's mm-hmm. nice, Jesse. Go ahead. Uh, by the way, I was also correct on Bill Daly. This is from an article from twenty eleven. Bill Daly said contract term limits of five years. Uh, he describes them as the hill we will die on. Mm. R.I.P. Bill Daly. <laughs> so, <laughs> man, Bill Daly died. He died nine years ago. I can't believe that. It's he should long, not be alive. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, bro. Uh, R.I.P. Yeah. Random24 on Reddit wants to know who would win a hot dog eating contest out of the three of us. Ooh. It's always the skinny guy. It's yeah, Jesse's going to win this. I don't know. I have a long stomach because I'm so tall, but I don't know if I could eat that much. I could eat like that fast to win a hot dog eating contest. Yeah, because that how, takes speed a minute? plus. Yeah, it's like. Is that For how long minutes? Nathan's is on July 4th? I think it's 10 minutes, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Uh-huh. Listen, I'm good. Right. I'm good for about three hot dogs, and that's about it. So I will just – I'll straight up say my stomach cannot handle that. Um, I got a weak baby boy stomach. Uh, so if I have three hot dogs, that's probably going to be it for me for a couple days. And um, I would let you guys win. I don't care <laughs> – yeah. I don't care what, what it would be. I'd be like, you know what? This ain't for me. So I'll eat this hot dog. I'll show up to the event, but I'm not going to win. I'm not going to try to. I used to be able to, like, I, I used to walk in there, you know, after a shift at the zoo. I used to walk in a Mandarin after a shift at the zoo, skinny, and walk out looking 14 months pregnant. And I just don't know if I can do that anymore unless I were in a certain state. Like drunk? No. How high? You'd have to be high. Yeah, well, you know, a little bit. You know, you know, you know, perhaps. I mean, drunk too. Drunkery is a thing. Yeah. 
for sure. But munchies, yeah, I could probably slam like half a dozen hot dogs. Yeah. Half a dozen hot dogs? Half a dozen? dozen. That's a lot of hot dogs. Yeah. Can we put that in the test? We don't have anything to do. No, you add in the 10 minutes, that makes it really hard. But like, just. You got 10 minutes. That's the limit. It's not just infinity time. What if we raise money for charity? I will challenge you, Steve. I could do at least three. Oh, that's bullshit. Anybody can do three. I can do three hot dogs. In 10 minutes? Yeah, I can do three hot dogs in 10 minutes. I think I could do half a dozen hot dogs. I really do. In 10 minutes? Yeah. Now, are you willing to deal with the fallout? Oh, yeah. You could do six hot dogs in 10 minutes. I got two minutes. toilets. Okay. <laughs> so that's, that's a hot dog a... every minute and a half. Yeah, every 90 seconds, you got to eat a hot dog. How big's the hot dog? Like, are we oh, talking... it's like the, no, it's like the small ones. Like yeah. You're talking shopsies? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we're not talking like the big, gigantic, foot-long sausage. We're talking thing. like Schneider's. You throw in yeah. a pot, you can boil it. Yeah. The Plus ones you bun. put in with your mac and cheese. The, the Nathan's ones, they have the buns on them, right? Yeah. You have to Who's have the really famous guy? What's his name? The one who keeps Kobayashi. Him? Kobayashi. Oh, no, the American Joey Chestnut. Joey, oh, Joey Chestnut. Yeah, yeah. Their breath, I always think about their breath after that. It must just stink. Like, the, I always feel bad for the announcer that's got to go up and hold the microphone in front of them, and they're covered in wet bread and hot <laughs> or dog Or anyone shots. who has to live with them for the next week. Uh, I personally don't think Steve could do six hot dogs. In I think he can. I believe. No. 90 seconds is too quick for As six hot dogs. As the heaviest member of the show, I think I could. Mm, I think you could. <laughs> I think you could. Here's the thing. I think we should live stream that, and yeah. we should do a little charity raise. What do you think for uh, – uh, w- w- do you, would you want to do, would you want to donate to, uh, COVID, what's the COVID-19 charity we donated to for some reason? Conquer COVID-19. Conquer COVID-19. Would you do it for that? Yeah. Hmm. I'd do it. Let's do it. What are you doing on Friday? Let's do it Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, let's do it, man. Let's do what it. What are you doing on Friday, Steven? Yeah, Steve. Uh, let me confirm. Okay. okay. But if you got uh, something with snat, then we'll pick another night. It'll literally take 10 minutes of your time. Yeah. Like Snap might want to get on this. I also want to make sure I'm not doing anything Saturday morning. <laughs> I think it might be tough. Oh, you'll be doing stuff Saturday morning. It's just what oh, stuff. Yeah. Oh, yes, certainly. Also, do I want to stream baked? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think no. you need to. No, I don't think no you can do that. that. No, no performance-enhancing drugs. Yeah, no. That's, that's a, <laughs> yeah, you're right. That is a performance-enhancing drug. You can't do that. Fair enough, fair enough. Can't fair do enough. that. Steve, I want you to commit to this before we leave this subject. On Friday at 7 p.m. For, from 7 p.m. to 7.30, we're going to live stream. And in between that time, you're going to try and eat six hot dogs in 10 minutes. But wait, are you competing against me? No, I think this is just you, chal- you yeah. challenging All right. yourself. All right. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. I, will, okay if, that, if that'll get you to do it, I'll race you. For sure. There you go. I'll there do anything go. for charity. And Adam, you will. Uh, you know what? That's professional. I, I, too, will take part. Will if we're you? doing it for charity, I will take part. Yeah. So and I, I feel will like one of us has to be talking, though. No. Like, no? No. <laughs> <laughs> Way better if we don't. That? Like, just sit down and just munch. Let's go. I'm down. All right, let's do it. I'm down in the same way that you guys are going down. <laughs> okay. You're in? All right. So oh, we'll boy. figure out a day, but we're going to do no, this, this hot dog Friday. Friday. If, well, if, if, assuming about? Steve's not doing anything. <laughs> I just want him to be able no, to... No, commit to blow off whatever you're doing. 7 p.m. on Friday. <laughs> I will quit my gerb. I'm not leaving. As long as you don't you're have... You're going a thing, down. As yeah. long as you don't have a thing for Sportsnet. 
We're doing this on Friday. Oh, hey, Bart Yabsley, president of Sportsnet. Sorry, I can't do the, the thing. I've got to eat some hot dogs first. Can you just chill for a minute? <laughs> yo, oh, yo, cool your jets. I know we're in a global pandemic or whatever, but I got to do this hot dog thing. Yeah, it's not a big... Steve. Steve Dangle. The digital department. You don't know? You don't... Okay. Well, anyway, I'm doing a hot dog costness. <laughs> you don't know? It's... Anyway, no. Let's do it. All right. All right. God. <laughs> well, now we got something to look forward to. So listen, thank you so much. Steve, Jesse, do you have one more question or do no, you want to wrap it up? All right. Well, listen, thank you so much for, for uh, joining us on this show. I feel really good about this. Um, thank you to Danny Ryland for joining us. Uh, and uh, thank you for listening. Uh, it's a crazy time, but hopefully, you know, every time we talk, there's more and more coming out about when this season's coming back. Guys, I feel it in my bones. It's going to be sooner than you think. So until then, stay safe. We love you. And uh, we'll talk to you Sunday. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at Panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness. Connection complete.